and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your host and Game Master. This week we're continuing our Girl Underground adventure. Before we get to that, I want to remind our UK listeners that I'll be visiting for the Thought Bubble Comics Festival in a few days. This trip also includes a signing tour for my new book, The Ultimate RPG Gameplay Guide, at the Traveling Man Bookshop. I'll be hitting all four locations of Traveling Man. Thursday, November 7th, I'll be at the Leeds location at 12.30pm, and the Manchester location at 4.30pm. Then on Friday the 8th, you can find me at the York location at 12.30pm, and the Newcastle location at 4.30pm. I'm signing Traveling Man book plates exclusively designed for this event, so you won't want to miss out. After that, you'll be able to catch me at the Thought Bubble Comics Festival. Be sure to catch my actual play panel on Sunday at 2pm, where I'll be showing off my currently in-development role-playing game, O oh Captain, My Captain. As a reminder, the Thought Bubble convention runs November 9th through the 10th. Now with all of that out of the way, let's get to the show. Excellent. So because you did not mind your manners, you get to write a belief about your experience. Um, uh, I, I wrote will... the last one, so someone else can do that. Because while you write it, someone else can play Faye. I mean, think, yeah, the first one is collective. Yeah, go for it. Hey, can you please play Faye? Yes. And then I think this is where we see our runaway hungry for adventure, right? Who stumbles across like these two in the river. Absolutely. Uh, what do you do when you see this floundering in the creek? Yeah, I think I think I was uh, climbing a tree nearby, and uh, when I see people, you know, I see this uh, these events unfold in the river. I jump out of the tree and stand strong with my hands on my hips. What's going on here? <coughs> uh, oh, mm, uh, oh, you know, nothing. <laughs> The second you uh, make yourself known, the tiger, like, uh, you know what happens when you put a cucumber behind a cat? Oh, the jump. Yeah. <laughs> the absolute the terror. Uh, you see this the tiger just- straight just, vertical leap. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know how all four paws do it, but simultaneously they leave the ground. Uh, the Yeah. Tiger's going to do that in the creek and turn around at you. For the new manner, how do we feel about I mustn't fear new experiences? I like that a lot, yeah. Little girl, is this tiger going to hurt you? No. No, it's it's my, my Bartleby. Of course I'm not going to hurt them. What's wrong with you? Well, I don't know. You, they just fell they just fell in the water. And you're all wet and covered. Covered in water. I was swimming. She was going to come in because the swimming is awesome. And then you interrupted this place. Who are you? I am Malaya. Hero. Of this river. Hero. That's right. I thought it was a creek. Fish piss creek. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a river. What What kind of hero? I am a hero that is going to look in the darkness and find a cave. A cave? That's right. Do you know of any caves nearby? Well, I just got here and Faye's still kind of like pushing hair out of her face after face planting in the water and like trying to smooth it back because there's like little flyaways that got into her face and, and her braid is like just sopping she's squeezing the water out of it I don't know anything about where I am right now you are in 
Oh, one. Yeah, what do you want to call this place? Yeah, this is the underground wonderland. Yeah. Underground wonderland. When wonderland? Yeah. yeah. The both. Everything <laughs> and all of the above. <laughs> we you. may want to avoid copyright infringement. <laughs> you can go to the underground if you okay, want to do so. You're in the underground. The un- Faye looks up. There's a sky above us. But that that is what it's called. Okay. Sure. Well, all right. If you're a hero, what have you done to be a hero? That's a good question. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't found my where I need to be yet. I know that I need to find a dark cave, and I need to see what's in the darkness. That's what brought me here. I know I had to run from my nightmares. From your nightmares? Can I eat them? Can you? That would be really helpful. I mean, I want to go see everything and everyone, so if I, I can eat the bad ones, I can try. I'll swipe at them. That might be helpful. Malaya, I think, like, because um, you've been in this area, right? And you've, like, there's a village there and things like that. Um, you know that this place is, like, eerily empty. And these are the first folks, that, like, you've come across, like, in this area. And, in fact, your nightmares have gotten a bit worse since, like, you've been investigating these houses. And you can feel, like, something always in the corner of your vision or just behind you as you've been, like, creeping about this place. I've been walking around and... Have you felt, have you felt that? Have you felt what's behind you? Have you looked into the shadows? Have you danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? <laughs> I got here like one minute ago, so no, but I will keep an eye out. You came just a minute ago and you already jumped into the creek? I've, I've been here for a while now and I couldn't bring myself to do it. It's water. Why wouldn't you? And some unknown amount of fish piss. But it's dark down there. It's not too deep. Why don't you come in too? You'll float too. <laughs> I Tiger splashes a paw of water at you. <laughs> Malaya. Yeah, I think yeah, uh so the the water splashes up and covers me in, in water like way more than probably would actually happen, but whatever, we're in magic place. And I get pretty soaked and I'm still standing there with my hands on my hips and back straight and just look really ridiculous now that I'm drenched. I think, like, you hear, like, at that point, it's been a very eerily quiet area. It's been very, like, calming, but there's been not a lot of noise. It's perhaps been a bit unnerving for our Faye, who, like, likes the busyness and likes, like, being in constant motion. But I think we hear some sounds coming from the village, which maybe our dear Redbuck. How, do, how, how is Redbuck presently uh, in labor? Redbuck is currently tearing down the old windmill because it's no longer working and they need to make a new one. And the villagers didn't want to go through the trouble of setting up a whole scaffolding and taking it down brick by brick. So they convinced Red Bark that something valuable to him was buried underneath the windmill and he's currently trying to tear it down to get to it. Excellent. So yes, you hear like this... Big, like, crashing sound that really echoes about the place because it's been, like, so quiet, right? I think in this scene, we'll have... Um, Jess has not been the girl yet. <laughs> Would you please play Faye for some time? I and will yes. gladly play Faye. Uh... So you hear this, like, big crash that, like, echoes about the village. And you see, like, some rubble and dust, like, fly up. What do you do? Oh, um, has that happened before? I, that is a loud... That's a lot. That's a lot of dirt. 
think Malaya uh, was trying to stand there and look brave again. Uh, but when here, when we hear that uh, large crashing sound, uh, I jump and turn around and give a screech, which I will not even give into the microphone. <laughs> and Redbuck, do you hear this? I think Redbark does hear this, and he immediately assumes that he has accidentally stepped on someone he didn't see. So he stops tearing down the windmill and slowly and ponderously lifts a foot up to look under it and doesn't see anything. And then he turns and lifts his other foot up and doesn't see anything. And then he sort of starts like turning to try to look at his back. See if there's something on him, and that's when he turns all the way around and sees them standing there. This is a construction zone. I don't think you can be here. Um, at this point, uh, Faye is putting the blanket around and reattaching the cape, and just what wh- are you? A, are you a tree? I'm red bark. So yes, uh, is that a type of tree here? What's well, a tree? But uh, Faye's pointing at all the trees in the forest. You mean the red bark. Okay, the red bark. And your red bark. Yes, that has but been established. Red, they're, but they're red bark. So yes. what are, what is it, what's different about you, red bark one? No, it's just red bark. Okay. Um. Well, what is different is that I'm currently tearing down this windmill. And they are sleeping. So I'm trying to do it quietly, if you don't mind. Oh, but... It's not quietly. Are the, I was, but the crashing, that, that wasn't quiet. They're very deep sleepers. Oh. They're so deep that this was quite a tremendous crash. And yet, so, weirdly enough, no one is uh, like roused from slumber, despite there being like lanterns on and lights and it being a place that seemingly should be filled with life. Yeah, Faye is disturbed. Like being in this village, where where is everyone? Uh, why why are you taking down the, the the windmill? Well, someone took my china set and they hid it under this windmill, and I am trying to reacquire it. Faye has very quizzical eyes at you. Uh, a, a china set. Red barks can have china sets. Why not? But you would get them dirty. And you shouldn't do that. Redbark like looks down at his hand, which is just like a branch that is split in a bunch of different ways and has like moss growing on it. And he's like, I don't understand the question. Well, I mean, the qu- it's filthy. <laughs> I was like, the question- it is a filthy hand. Um, Things aren't pretty or just because they're clean. Do you need help? How good are you at tearing down masonry? I, that's a word, but I don't know what, I assume it has to do with this windmill, Uh, but I can try to help. Actually, maybe there is something you could do. It's going to take me the better part of the afternoon to finish this, or you look fairly, uh, Redbark is like looking down at Faye, because he's like 12 or 15 feet tall or something like that, and he says, Normally, I would not be so destructive, but as you can see, there is not a door in this windmill that is built for me. Perhaps you could enter and search for my china set, and if you can find it, I would then be able to go back to sleep and stop making so much noise. Uh, yeah, I can do that. Is it red bark sized? And she stares at your 
hand that it's, you... It's the size of a china set. I don't understand the question. But, okay, so, like, and she's reaching on the tippy toes and reaching her hand as high as she can. Just look, look at my hand and look at your hand. Redbark looks at his hand and looks at Faye's hand and is like, yes, we both have hands. They're just a little bit different in size. Just a little bit. It would be pretty absurd if a china set was so big I had to use both hands to lift it. Uh-huh. How big is this china set? Are there like 12 pieces? Is it a five-piece set? How about... Oh, is it the full cabinet? I, I don't think I can move a whole china cabinet. No, it's a, uh, it's a trunk. Uh, Red Bark holds a hand up <laughs> and he like... Trunk. He holds like two fingers together that would be small on a person but are like taller than Faye. <laughs> it's only about that big. Faye is trying to not giggle at a tree talking about Red trunks. Yes. Okay. Um, well, okay. I, I'll go in there and I can check. I, I can... mean, it was small enough that they were able to hide it underneath this building. If that assuages your fears, so the the windmill has a basement. I would assume so. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. I'm not sure why I'm, they I'm would gonna, put a basement in a windmill. You see, Faye slowly backing away and around the windmill, and <laughs> like getting back inside as like slowly as possible. I think is that where you're hiding and like uh, indulging in your stolen treasures? And I have a suggestion. I steal the china. (laughs) Absolutely, you did. And that was completely unintentional and not accidental on my part. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so like, Faye, uh, you like weasel your way through this door into this windmill. Um, if Redbach, are you staying outside Redbach while this goes on? Oh, yes. I do not want to continue dismantling the building if the young lady is inside of it. That would be a significant ri- uh, liability risk. Fantastic. Then, Jace, would you play Faye for this scene since Redbach is uh, otherwise occupied? Um, so the two of you, I'm, will you go too, Malaya? Yeah, I think Malaya, when, uh, when I see Faye walking around... I kind of stand, you know, do my heroic pose that I've been doing and then hear about this china set and I kind of say, yes, let's go. Let's go get this china set. Excellent. The two of you scurry into this mill and then we come across. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, be careful. Be careful. That's one of the most fearsome beasts around. I don't know what that is, but I'm stricken by a sudden inexplicable terror. (laughs) That sound is blood curdling. Don't let, don't let it anywhere near the china set. Ho, who's there? <laughs> I can't. <laughs> a quick rewind. Tiger Bee, well, let's see. It was Malaya and Faye already slipping into the windmill. Tiger Bee was staring very intently at Redbark and pacing around Redbark and through Redbark's legs and maybe scenting Redbark and thought really hard about using Redbark as a scratching post, but that seemed like a bad idea. So I I would say that like there are like vines and stuff hanging off Redbark, so I imagine that like Tiger Bee is just like batting at one of them. Yes. And Redbark does not notice. Oh gosh, yes. But the second there is a imminent and villainous honk. <laughs> Tiger Bee's absolutely sprinting to the windmill entrance. I cannot wait for James to listen to this. <laughs> Who's there? Who are you? Who are you? This is my house. 
This is a windmill. And my house! Your house is being demolished. Why are you still in here? I'm protecting my treasures. By being in the house while it's being demolished? I don't understand. I don't think you understand how this works. There's a very large tree- red bark outside that is tearing down your house. Oh, I'm familiar with red bark. He's always trouble in this forest. Everybody's fooling him into doing some dumb stuff. Uh, Malaya jumps from behind uh, Faye and again strikes a heroic pose. I am Malaya, hero of the underground. And as you strike that pose, Tiger Bee is bounding behind you and then gently puts a paw on your shoulder. Yes, you are. The goose stands up straighter, extends their neck upward, and their uh, arm wings kind of flare up and flap a little bit to uh, look bigger and intimidate. Um, And you can see behind them a a large pile of belongings that definitely don't belong to them. This freaking dragon-hoarding goose thing person... Tiger Bee's going to release the shoulder of Malaya and just kind of circle the goose, but won't get behind the goose and in between the treasures and then just sit on its haunches in front of them. And thankfully, Tiger Bee did because that gives Malaya a chance to jump backwards as this goose raises their wings. And that is terrifying. And Faye, what do you do? Faye is like holding both hands up as Tiger Bee like charges towards this goose. Like, oh no, no, please don't. You don't have to. Oh, oh no. Just the most casual charge. Yeah. I just sit there. <laughs> just casually running just, straight at them. Just sitting in front and putting myself between um, you and the goose. That that China set belongs to Red Bark. Why why do you have it? I found it. Where did you find it? In his house. Why were you in Redbark's house? Also, why does Redbark have a house? He invited me. What did he invite you over for? Tea. Does he have a separate tea set for himself that he uses, or does he use the same set that you were using? Oh, oh no, we, we use the same set. I usually just bathe in one of the cups. I have a question for Faye. So you have you met Redbark, right? And Redbark said, please get my tea set back. And you found this goose yep. that has stolen it. Do you want to put the goose in its place and not mind your manners? <laughs> um, I think Faye gets a little bit of a mischievous look in her eye and says, well, what good is a tea set if you don't invite other people over for tea? I only just got it. I haven't decided what to do with it yet. Well, I mean, what else are you going to do with the tea set? Throw it in a river? See, the river is fun and worthy of a tea set. Obviously, it was worth swimming in. Maybe I'll have a picnic. I don't know. Well, that sounds like a fun idea. Why don't we have a picnic with the tea set? And Faye is like giving significant glances at Tiger Bee and Malaya like, Are you sure? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have a question Mm -hmm. about the horde of things behind the goose. Is there anything round and yarn ball looking? I think that's a question for the goose. Most definitely. The goose has everything. As everyone's talking, you see Tiger Bee go from sitting and imposing themselves in front and between everyone and just kind of slinking away. And then it flops on their back and starts rolling around and 
you know, a cat would do it. You'd want belly scratches, and it's just like wiggling around the goose and very carefully trying to get to the ball. <laughs> yeah, I see what you're doing. Uh, uh, you're like the goose's yeah. neck just like completely turns around. Yeah, just complete 180. That's not creepy at all. I mean, I have mass on you, but I, th- that's a that's a neck. What? What do you? It's okay. I mean, just you don't need this. You don't need this. If you want that, you're going to have to give me something in return. Okay. What do you want? Mm, I want. What do you, about do you want Faye's cape? <coughs> Jesus. <laughs> Too mean. <laughs> I want that ribbon in your hair. Talking to Faye? Yeah, okay. sorry. I forgot who was playing Faye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Tiger has a ribbon? We need like a hat that says Faye on it. Oh no, she's, she's got that braid. I assumed there was a ribbon at the end yeah, of the braid. No, I mean so that we remember who's so we playing remember. her. Oh, a hat. Yes. Yeah. Who's so playing Faye. Yeah. I mean, that's there, but I'm not going to. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> that didn't work. So Faye, like, when... What is the goose's name? Have you said yet? Or is what he it, okay. asked. So when the goose says that Faye like reaches a hand up protectively to touch the ribbon uh, and then says, oh, this? Oh, it's not really worth that much. Uh, Just let her have the ribbon and get a whole ball of yarn. I mean... Or get the tea set. It was only given to me by the king and he's not that important. The king, you say? Yeah... I mean, you know how kings are. They're all stuffy and self-important and, you know, they're not really any fun. So it's not really a... I, I only wore this ribbon because I didn't have anything else to wear. Uh, I mean, if you don't place too much value on it, I mean, I guess that's worth a ball of yarn. <sighs> Is it at least worth a tea set that you're not going to use? And a ball of yarn as bonus. I thought we were going to have a picnic. Are we having a picnic? It seems like that'd be up to the person who owns the tea set. Yeah, I own the tea set. Yeah, we've established this. Yeah, give me the ribbon. I'll give your your kitty cat a ball of yarn, and then we'll go have some tea. I have a better idea. Why don't we have the picnic first, and then we'll exchange gifts at the picnic? I don't have to give anyone else a gift, do I? No, it's just you and me. I'm giving, I thought I was giving a ball of yarn to this cat. Yeah, you're giving me the ball of yarn, then I'll give it to the cat, and then you get the ribbon. How can I trust you to give it to the cat? Why would I have a ball of yarn for? I don't know. Why would I have this whole pile of shit? Okay, I I guess we'll cut out the middleman. I'll give you the ribbon, and then you'll give the cat the ball of yarn, and then, Malaya, I'm sorry, I don't think you get a gift, unless you're going to give the goose a gift. What do you got? I'm not sure that we should give anything, young lady. Uh, we need to be really careful here. This is an extremely dangerous situation. First of all, I'm pretty sure I'm older than you. Second of all? Second of all, come on. We need to get the t-shirt. Okay, just be careful. Um, <clears throat> I've been in a situation like this before, and the uh, terrifying monster tried to say that they were going to give us something, and they didn't give us exactly what we were looking for. It's just a duck. Goose. That's a goose. I'm glad that we can establish this right now. Much more terrifying than a duck. Uh, okay, so let's go have a picnic and then we'll exchange gifts. And then Redbark can stop tearing down your house. 
Doesn't seem like a good gift exchange if only one gift's happening, but all right. We're giving you the gift of your house is not being torn down. And the gift of friendship, and I'm already playing with his yarn ball. <laughs> <laughs> the, the goose turns around and the beak, they, they do a little squat, wiggle their tush a little bit, and then bite the side of the trunk containing the china and just kind of wiggle backwards. How big is this goose? Not as big as the trunk. No, nowhere <laughs> no. near. But they can move strong it. Strong enough. Oh, it's so strong. It's a strong goose. So strong. Uh, I think we are, cut- you, are you releasing the beast? <laughs> What's that? Oh, yeah. I got to release the beast to be able to pull a trunk that big. Yes, when you release the beast, roll when you let your other half take over. <laughs> oh, yeah. On a seven plus, what one strange thing can you do now? But on a seven to nine, how does it get out of control? So I got. I'm rolling two d six. Two d six, and if one of the beliefs applies, you get to roll three and take the two highest. Our beliefs are. I mustn't fear new experiences. And if I'm brave, I can find beauty in find anything. anything. I don't know. This all seems business as usual for this goose. I don't know. Next. They haven't had a picnic before. Oh, I guess that's true. And a gift exchange. I've been convinced to have a picnic. <laughs> All right, so that's one more. There's one yep. more. Roll 3d6 and take the two highest. Unleash the goosiest goose. Oh, the goose done been unleashed. Nine. It's a nine. So what one strange thing can you now do? I can... And what does it look? Do you transform in any way? Like, do you... Oh. You, t- you go full goose? I go full goose. Uh, I think that the goose opens up its wings, does another big flap... And then they grow to a bigger size, and they just kind of put their head down and scoop up the trunk. Oh, is is the goose now like proportionately the same size as Red Bark? Like, not not quite that big, oh, okay. but big enough that they can just pick up that trunk pretty okay. easily. But how does it get out of control? They can't fit out the door. <laughs> oh, I, I was imagining like you knock over some stuff and it just turns into a Rube Goldberg machine of like things knocking over other things and just chaos. Your treasures. They get so tall and when they stand up with the trunk, their head hits a beam and then a wall falls out and they say, wow, way out. <laughs> and it just knocks down part of the wall and they just kind of flap really up. really should yeah. not be moving around inside an active construction zone without protective equipment. It's not safe. Get dunked on, Ent. <laughs> <laughs> it's and red bark. And uh, Malaya sees the, uh, you know, the, the wall kind of fall down and all that. Turns to Faye and says, wait! This, this is going to affect the integrity of the building. We need to be careful when we go through here. And I think, like, so your head, like, um comes up and, like, hits a beam, creates an opening, right? And I think, like, as you do that, like, you get a bit of a bump. But, like, more importantly, I think, like, uh, you can see on, like, the outskirts of the village, like, some lights meandering, like, toward this space. And you can hear kind of, like, uh, like fanfare and, like, some circusy kinds of, like, noises, right? And, like, Red Buck, I think you will have seen this coming from, like, a distance, right? Like, from where you're... Yes, he has quite a vantage point. Yes. Um... Being taller than everything. And uh, this, uh, the noise prompts promptly gets like closer. Is like this caravan of like fantastical nonsense like rolls into town, and there's like hoops off of it. There's like ribbons like flying everywhere, and um, there's like strange uh, smells and sounds coming from it. You can smell like that 
sweet caramel of like popcorn and like salt and grease as this like giant caravan uh, pulls to like a halt in front of like the mill. I think there's like a little sapling like in the front that is like sort of guiding a invisible entity that's like been dragging this cart this way. And uh, it says like, oh, I think we've arrived at, uh, what is the city called? This, uh, oh, like the, we've arrived at the Sleepy Village. Seems pretty apt name for this place. Uh, you. And then instead of like, we'll um, point to Faye. Mil- uh, Cam, would you play Faye for a little bit? Gladly. Thank you. You. Like points at Faye. <coughs> uh, where, where, is your, where is your mayor or the person in charge of this place? They were expecting us. Oh, that's what we've been wondering as well. We haven't found any. I haven't found anyone except these folks I'm with now. We don't know where the mayor is or where anyone is. And I think like the the sapling like pulls on a lever, maybe hit like this like boop noise, like of a whistle, right? And then um, this woman uh, like flips over the top and like sort of like does a cartwheel and like lands right in front of you, right? What about her is like reminds you of your business mom? I think the uh, precision with which they did the acrobatics move, that's kind of how uh, business mom moves with, with precision like that. Every no wasted, no wasted motion, even though it was a giant acrobatics move, it was done with, you know, no extra, nothing extra beyond the fact that they're doing a flip and rolling on the ground. But you know, like I said, no wasted motion. And that's kind of the grace of movement is what reminds me of business mom. Oh, she puts her hands on her hips and is like, oh, oh, I know that cape. Oh, you do? Yes. Uh, that ca- the cape is a symbol of a great performer. The coloring, the, the decoration, the bravery of that dragon. Okay, I, t- I turn to my friends. I'm like, a great performer? <laughs> I don't get out much, so I'm not exactly sure what she's referring to. I'm so, I don't even know if I left the windmill. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's yarn everywhere. I imagine the yarn ball like rolls out of the windmill at some point and then Tiger Bee is chasing it. Absolutely. The the goose is like halfway into the woods with the box of the china set and kind of turns back uh once this group rolls up and sets it down and just starts eyeing all the shiny things on the cart. Behind, when, as soon as the goose's back is turned, Redbark's hand just reaches down behind them and picks up the china thing by one handle. Why, yes, the great performer. Uh, but what is a great performer like yourself doing in a village that is frankly uh, quite empty and dead on the inside and filled with nightmares? There are nightmares here? Why, can't you feel them or see them? They're everywhere. I have felt something over my over my shoulder just looking at me this entire time we've been here. Tiger Bee is over her shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> you said you were here to perform? Well, yes. Uh, we came to perform for this village, but uh, I can see someone has been doing some funny business around here. And I think like, she pulls a magnifying glass. It's like, and it goes like, click, 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 like as the compartments come out, right? And she looks through it and um, like is sort of, like spying the place and is like, ah, yes, I see here. And then like, like closes it. What did you see? Uh, this place, this uh, the underground, has been frankly rather plagued by the crowing king who thinks he can steal everything for himself and keep it in his castle, and that includes the dreams of this place. And there's, there's no magic here. It's just filled with empty void and sadness and silence. There's no life, no light. I, I turn to the goose. I didn't realize you were a king. Don't look at me. I don't steal magic. 
I don't know how to get my beak around it. <laughs> this one is not the Crying King. They're more of a breaking and entering sort. No, the Crowing King steals things far grander than uh, trinkets and toys. No, the, the Crowing King steals, uh, well, whatever he fancies. Ideas, concepts, uh, life, joy, and some gold things as well. He likes his shiny things. But... Patents. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a smart guy to me. Hey heroes, it's James, your game master. Welcome to the canned mid-roll that I recorded so that I could go on my trips. With the holidays coming up, it's time to start looking for presents to get your friends. And if there's someone in your life who loves RPGs and actual play, like shows on the One Shot Network, Critical Role, The Adventure Zone, or any of the other hundreds of amazing shows out there, consider getting them a copy of the Ultimate RPG Gameplay Guide. In my new book, I tried to break down the process of running the kind of narrative games you hear on podcasts and watch on streams. It was written for both players and GMs, so it's a perfect fit for anyone who enjoys a story-driven game. You can find an online or brick-and-mortar retailer by heading to bit.ly slash rpggameplay. Or, if you already have a copy, you can leave an Amazon review by going to bit.ly slash ultimategameplay. I am extremely jazzed about the prospect of one of my books being a holiday gift, so please share the love with your friends. Before we get back to the show, I want to take a quick moment to thank some of our backers on Patreon. Jess Vetter, thank you so much. Lee Spee, thank you very much. Ryan Chilton, thank you so much. Daniel Spencer, thank you very much. Nicole Green, thank you so much, Nicole. Max Hazelin, thank you so much. Uh, sorry for the question mark there, Max. There are a lot of pronunciation symbols that I don't recognize in your name, but I think your email address managed to help me out. Let me know if I need to say that again. Ben Lee, thank you so much. Thanks again to everyone who supports us on Patreon. We would not be able to make these shows without you. And with all that out of the way, let's get back to the show. And I think, like, at this point, like, you see, um, at, like, the other acts for the circus have, like, slowly started to, like, get curious about what's going on here. And I would like to know from each of you, like, what fantastical act, like, uh, comes out of this caravan. A fire breather in reverse. <laughs> a fire <laughs> sucker? <laughs> what, is that, what does that look like? So they are just called a fire breather, but they're inhaling the fire. Oh. So there's just this giant, like torch that has been lit and is ablaze and they just like like cotton candy it's like a smoky burp afterwards yes <laughs> can they just take bites out of the fire and oh it gets yeah that's pretty yeah cool. it's i just imagining that gif of the dude eating cotton candy in reverse it's exactly as like grotesque as that where his eyes are bugging out i like the idea that there's someone like a you know plate spinner with like the the sticks and the plates on the top but um, <clears throat> they stack, like, uh, you know, they got the stick and then the plate spinning. And then there's a stick on that and another plate spinning and, like, three plates. 
and they're impossible, like at impossible angles that completely defy physics, and they're just spinning these plates all over the place. I was going to say, is it like plates spinning a person? Okay. Little both. It's like plates, person, plates, person. And what else do we see? A super epic juggler, because I hate those things. But this juggler has more yarn balls oh. of fire. I think there are massive beasts. Beasts that don't necessarily have a master, but they do tricks for the circus. Nice. Beats of bravery. Are they like, um, sort of like uh, the animals we see like an hour every day, but like just a bit weird or like a bit more like heightened or like... Uh... Yeah, like it, the, the animals we're used to seeing in a circus, but bigger and they can talk and they have a, a sense of self-importance and they, they work on bits together. And they have a union. Yeah, they definitely have a union. Animal rights union. Mm. Excellent. So they, these like beasts come lumbering out and like the plate spinner like also like uh, comes out from behind the caravan. We see the fire, the reverse fire breather like the fire eater. The fire eater. <laughs> Chomping on like, uh, yeah, cotton candy on a stick, but it's fire, right? Um, and we see like the person juggling fireballs. And um, I think each of them have like a detail of your, like they feel very familiar again. Like each of them have a detail of your family. Like you kind of, the the one eating fire, I think like uh, has the warmth of like your cooking mom, right? Um, and the fire juggler is like, reminiscent of like one of your more annoying siblings so, like uh, you like love but you also hate them and you get in fights all the time that kind of thing the ring mistress puts like her hand on like the plate spin and they like wobble a bit she's like oh that crowing king not only did he steal like the dreams of this place but i must admit i have a i have a personal interest in uh making sure that he has his just desserts for he stole our cup spinner. Stole your cup spinner? Indeed. They perform Wh- tricks now on the kingdom, and it's broken my heart that the plates and the cups have been parted. Wh- where, where is the crowing king? Why, uh, he is he is yonder beyond the whispering willows and the bizarre bazaar. There has been a rash of kitchenware theft in this land. <laughs> I'd just like to add that I think the animals that I've described are the street animals that I was the kids about are to say with. that, yeah. Nice. It's super good. I thought you were like going to like fake punch me. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) And I can't help but feel that if we had a brave performer such as yourself who could perhaps help us deal with this crowing king, that we might restore the the magic and the dreams to this place and reunite this family of ours. If all this is true, then I'm sure we can do it. Yeah, we need to find out what happened with this village. We need to find out what this crying king's up to. We should go. How did the companions react to Red Bark uh, is wearing a sort of coat made out of moss that he opens and tucks the china set box into and then closes it again and says, uh, very well. Tiger is totally game. Hell yeah, we're going to go on another adventure. I don't even know where I am right now, so we might as well go to another place. But I really want to climb on Red Bark. Maybe they travel faster. The goose ponders for a moment and then says, Hmm, this king probably has some good loot. I'm in. (laughs) 
Be careful, however, for he doesn't live in a palace, but the darkest cave in all of Wonderland, or all of the underground. It is very dangerous, and it will take a lot of uh, many brave souls to conquer his legacy. I play, I could play, I play both characters? Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. At that, Malaya uh, jumps out from behind a tree that she was standing behind. It's Red Bark. It was Red Bark. And, uh, you know, does strikes the heroic pose and says, The Dark Cave! We need to go. The ringmistress beams and like is very pleased that uh, she's found a crew of like clearly capable individuals to like uh, take down the Crowing King, and says, "Very well. Before you go, please do make sure that you ready yourselves for this journey, for it is will no doubt uh, be quite challenging and perhaps a bit dangerous. I would recommend you stop along the bazaar, bazaar, and perhaps visit the tea house." To make sure you ready yourselves for such an adventure. We do get to have a tea party. Yeah. Oh, of course. What is a bench without tea? <laughs> I would keep an eye on the goose. It is not too far. I'm sorry. <laughs> it is not too far from here. Just uh, down the road. We passed it on our way here. And it seems everyone there is still awake. Uh, and not plagued with nightmares. Well, if you all will join me, let's go. Excellent. As they're walking <laughs> away. Um, because... The, the goose knows that the yarn ended up away from their hoard, so they kind of carefully, secretly pluck at Faye's hair and take the ribbon and tie it around their neck. <laughs> the pact is complete. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one thing I did forget to note, that is a good point about playing multiple characters, right? Um, if there's a point where you would like to have your character, or your companion in a scene, there's a move called merry-go-round where you can pass the uh, girl to another player for them to play in the scene. So I forgot to mention that. So like you journey down the road, it is not too far. Um, although as you leave for the first couple of minutes, you do feel like something plucking at you, like nothing visible, but some nagging feeling trying to draw you back into like this village and you can kind of like catch shadows in like the corner of your eye you might catch a glimpse of something behind a tree but when you look it's just a tree and as you like leave this place but that fear dissipates and fades is like you come across um a, a a settlement not too far from the village and it has similar sounds to the circus but it's more hustle and bustle and like the noise you're familiar with from like your home and uh you can hear um the like, sound of trade even though it's nighttime it's like a night market there you see like light um bathing the area like lighting the trees around it um and as you come closer to the market um you see like fantastical stalls that are like um, some are sort of ground level, some are stacked on top of each other. They're composed in like arrangements that don't quite make sense for gravity. And there's like cloth draped over them. There's like fantastical colors. You can smell um, delightful scents. So I would like to know from each of you, like, what is one of Faye's favorite uh, foods or beverages or things that she likes to eat at home? Uh, I think her her domestic mom has these pastries that she makes every Sunday that she loves, but it's always a fight to get one because there's so many kids. Excellent. And can it be made from rhubarb? Yes. I like rhubarb. <laughs> what else does Faye like to eat or drink? I think uh, hot cider, like a hot mulled cider, because it, it just tastes like home and warm evenings with their family. 
I don't have anything else. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're like rhubarb straight. Rhubarb. Rhubarb with strawberry. Rhubarb with strawberry. Yeah. Like it. Yeah. Bourbon. <laughs> Faye yeah. exclusively How old is Faye? drinks hot 12. cider. <laughs> and yeah. Spiked cider. Yeah. Um, um, no. she, there's got to be like a really good, like, I don't know, like a creamy chicken casserole, like a, a comfort mm. meal that maybe mom mom helps the other moms. It's like a slow cook thing, and then you just toss it in the oven. So any of the moms could make it. The air smells like all of those things combined. Like it smells like chicken casserole and hot cider and pastry, but it it smells good. Like that weird combination, or not to make sense, but it does. Um, so like that lingers in your nostrils, like as you like come across this marketplace. Um, and you can see like a um, there is like a oh yeah, there is like another sort of lithe tree figure who is like at one of the stalls who is like gracefully reaching upwards to like pluck something from uh above their stall and we see like a uh shorter maybe like sort of two foot tall um vendor who is like standing up on their stall like with a big hooked nose and like big ears and like maroon colored draped in like lots of like fabrics and cloths um and they're all like trying to like buy for everyone's attention in the marketplace like come over here and get like your flump berries and that kind of thing um Faye, what do you do i still Faye, or should we uh, oh yes jess would you mind playing Faye for the time being yes yes give me Faye. <laughs> give me the child <laughs> <laughs> no i mean i imagine tara gerby is definitely if we're in this bizarre space is just going to be fleeting around tiger bee is yeah. like scratching on red bark's leg <laughs> Red yeah. Bark does yeah, not yeah. notice. Um, so the smells are distracting to Faye. It's like she's testing it. She's like covering the one nostril and gets gets hot cider smells when she inhales. And covering the other, it's like chicken. And then the other, both at the same time as the pastry. It's just like... She tastes the pastry. Yeah. Um, she'll go up to the person who's shouting about and trying to grab attention. Oh, yeah. It's like the... Um, like the, like the two foot tall one is like, flump berries for sale, get your flump berries here, kind of thing. Um, and they see you immediately and they're like, oh, you uh, you're dressed in the finest wares. Where did you where did you find this? And like sort of like jump down and like we'll pluck at your like cloak and like be inspecting it and like looking at the crochet. Oh, uh, oh, oh normally you're supposed to touch. You, you, no, don't you ask people before you touch their. It's my mom's made it. It's my cape. Oh, sentimental value. That is very, very valuable around here. Well, then this is the most valuable. I will give you one flump berry for it. No, absolutely not. Flump berries don't even smell like strawberry rhubarb. Are you trying to put someone in their place? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Rad. So this vander's like all up in your space and is like plucking at you and like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this vendor is like plucking at you and getting way too in your space and is like pushing for a hot bargain so like please go ahead and roll 2d6 to put them in their place that's a seven excellent and if we look to the move which i will just flip here again when you don't mind your manners you uh name the banner you're rebelling against in this case uh you're putting someone in their place Add the dice together to get your result, which is a seven. On a seven plus, how do you overcome the challenge? And a seven to nine also, how do you go how do you falter or go too far in the process? Um 
she uses one hand to definitely cling to the cape around her neck so it can't be taken away as it was being examined. And then the other one, she goes too far by grabbing a flump berry and squeezing it maniacally in front of this person. And I was like, this, this doesn't even have enough bounce, let alone sentimental value. You've never even experienced my mom's pastries with all of the crisp, t- beautiful tastes of rhubarb and the sweet jellies of strawberry. Th- this? You wanted to trade this for my cape? And she'll dramatically whip it away from a person Fae- and might like, I don't know, that person if they're holding onto the cape like mm-hmm. face plants. Red. Faye's discovering her, I want to talk to your manager voice. <laughs> <laughs> and please go ahead and write a belief about uh, putting this person in their place. And... Uh, since we have a tree person in this scene, uh, would Mel, would you mind playing Faye again? So we can get some, potentially some tree action. <laughs> yes, it's we're a, here for the tree action. It's red bar. <laughs> um, so uh, Faye uh, pulls the cape away, and this like little being goes like face planting into the into the dirt, and like picks themselves up, and is like. <laughs> like well you're right i don't know what a pastry is but it sounds delightful and no i haven't had the pleasure of eating one (sighs) well you wouldn't they only they only exist where i'm from where are you from are you from uh are you from the realm of the fairy queen are you from uh i'm from home where is home i'm not sure red bark turns and points back to the village where they were just at (laughs) (laughs) it's over there we were just there well, that's your home. It's not, though. Well, where do you live? The forest. Faye just kind of nods and thinks about what the goose says. and like, Okay. I see what this goose is up to. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere is the goose's home. Well, if you're not going to buy anything, are you here to buy anything? Well, I don't, I don't have any money. Well, you don't have to trade in money. You can trade in other things, like your cape. Or uh, a a thought, or an idea, or a dream, or whatever you would like to trade in. A thought. Now that's interesting. What thoughts occupy your brain? Oh, I have lots of thoughts. I think about my family. I think about adventures I want to have. Think about all the animals at home. I think about art to make. Oh, that is so many thoughts. Yeah, it's a lot of thoughts. It's a lot of thoughts. You know, if you have too many thoughts, a good person to see is the oh, the person in the tea house. The tea house. Oh yes. God, what was the what were we calling the person who led the circus? Oh, the ring oh. the ring mistress. Oh, the, the mistress. yeah, oh, the ring mistress. You know, the mm-hmm. ring mistress said the same thing. Oh yes. Well, I once had too many thoughts, and the person at the tea house, uh, Panya, the mixer. They helped me get rid of some of them. They helped me get some clarity. I believe they did the same for the, the ringmistress. Do they get rid of the thoughts or do they clarify them? They clarify them. Okay, good. They help refine. They, in my case, I had too many thoughts. So I feel mm. a lot better having uh, having gotten rid of some of them. It's a bit like house cleaning or dusting, you know, just like getting mm. some of it out. Organizing. Exactly. They Organizing. That's, that's good. <laughs> I got worried I would lose some of my thoughts for a second there. I feel so much more organized. I think like the um, this person is called Grumble Fuss. They like 
gesture to their stall, but it's still like very chaotic. So you can only imagine what it was like before like they had some organizational uh, help. Yes. So organized. I, I know. Wow. I, I thank you. I'm very proud of it. You see Tiger be slinking in and listening to this person talking about changing their thoughts and rearranging and Tiger Bee looks up and the the curiosity is is there but uh Tiger Bee wants to ask them a question is just kind of like nudging Faye in the shoulder what's up Tiger Bee can they maybe give me better words to you know convince people to be better and to maybe well we have to go do the thing where the 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 king thing is just trying to be bad and they're taking away things and i want to make sure i can tell them not to do that i'm certain we could try i don't want to be distracted i mean yarn is really really good but like i i'm not doing a very good job of protecting you so maybe less yarn and more more speaky speakies. Oh, Tiger. And Faye just kind of scratches you between the ears in her very favorite place. Oh. The, where, where she scratches the, the that's, stuffed that's animal. That's the spot. That's the spot. Yeah, so uh, Faye turns back. Which, which way to the tea house? Oh, uh, tis that way. And just this like, sort of like tent-like structure like you might see at the back of a fair, right? And it has, it's like... Um, the fabric at a distance looks very like velvety and thick and like sort of uh, like noise dampening. And you get the idea that inside, like it, it sort of draws you in, right? This again, like that sort of quiet warmth. And yeah, what do you do? Uh, I think Faye calls out to the group and starts walking that way. Whether they follow or not, she starts walking. Yeah. I think, uh, at this point, uh, I think uh, Malaya, I, I will. Uh... <clears throat> increase my pace a little bit and kind of step up to the side, nudge uh, Faye and just kind of say, remember, they said that we have to pay something. All the things that I heard just sound like just sound like they're going to help us. What do you think that they're going to take in return? I, I don't know. So far, we've just done some reasonably okay trades and she kind of grips at her braid, which is slowly unraveling as her hair dries out. I guess we'll just have to see. Situationally. She learned that word right before she got here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, just just be on your toes. Okay. And she just kind of like tries to walk on the balls of her feet. (laughs) Well, heroes, that's it for One Shot this week. But don't worry. We'll be back next week with the last part of Girl Underground. In the meantime, be sure to check out one of the other amazing shows on the One Shot Network. Like Campaign. Campaign is an actual play podcast exploring long-form role-playing. The current campaign, Skyjacks, takes place in an original setting inspired by the music of the Decemberists, folk tales, and classic adventure fiction. Join Liz Anderson, John Patrick Cohen, Tyler Davis, Johnny O'Mara, and Game Master James D'Amato as they tell a tale of daring sky pirates. Also, it's basically an elaborate retelling of Weekend at Bernie's. Just search for Campaign or James D'Amato on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. As always, we end one shot with a call to action. 
And while I'm gone, I want to make sure that everyone is calling their representatives about issues that are important to them. Direct calls to their offices is one way representatives evaluate which issues are important to the public and where they should stand on those issues. Taking a few minutes out of your day to advocate for an issue you care about can have a real effect on how your representatives act in Congress. Now, when I call my reps, I use a site called fivecalls.org. That's the number five, calls. Org. There, you can find information about different issues affecting the country, along with contact information for your representatives, and a script to read while you're on the phone to make sure you get your point across clearly. Calling is quick, and it can make a big difference. Thanks, heroes. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. For the latest one-shot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at gamemaster at oneshotpodcast.com. OneShot is a production of the OneShot Podcast Network in association with Paracosm Press. Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at paracosmpress.com. Finally, that music which is right now swelling up over my voice is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Heroes.